Hey, thanks for tuning in to Daily Devotions with Pastor Eric. I hope today's devotion will be a blessing to you. Either you're supplementing this with your daily devotional practices or you are using this as a way to learn more about how to start your own daily devotions. If you have any questions about anything that I cover today or you would like additional suggestions on how to include devotions into your life, please email me at ebreynolds87 at gmail.com. We're going to start off with prayer from the Valley of Vision. This one is called Praise and Thanksgiving. O oh my God, thou fairest, greatest, first of all objects, my heart admires, adores, loves you. For my little vessel is as full as it can be, and I would pour out all the fullness before thee in ceaseless flow. When I think upon and converse with thee, ten thousand delightful thoughts spring up, and ten thousand sources of pleasure are unsealed. Ten thousand refreshing joys spread over my heart, crowding into every moment of happiness. I bless thee for the soul thou hast created, for adorning it, sanctifying it. Thou it is fixed in barren soil, for the body thou hast given me, for preserving its strength and vigor, for providing senses to enjoy delights, for the sense and freedom of my limbs." For hands, eyes, ears that do thy bidding, for the royal bounty providing my daily support, for a full table and overflowing cup, for appetite, taste, sweetness, for social joys of relatives and friends, for ability to serve others, for a heart that feels sorrows and necessities, for a mind to care for my fellow men, for opportunities of spreading happiness around, for loved ones and the joys of heaven, For my own expectation of seeing thee clearly, I love thee above the powers of language to express. For what thou art to thy creatures, increase my love, O my God, through time and eternity. Amen. We're going to finish the uh, letter to the Galatians written by the Apostle Paul. We're going to be starting in Galatians 6.1 and moving all the way through the entire chapter. I encourage you, if you haven't already listened or read, go back and read chapters 1 through 5 of Galatians or go back and listen to our previous podcast where we cover that. So starting in, in verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you with a gentle spirit watching out for yourselves that you also won't be tempted carry one another's burdens in this way you will fulfill the law of christ for if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing he deceives himself let each person examine his own work and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else for each person will have will have to carry his own load let the one who is taught the word share all the all his good things with the teacher don't be deceived. Deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith, Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. 
For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves, and yet they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world... The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. May peace come to all those who follow this standard, and mercy even to the, to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, because I bear on my own body the marks of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to look at this passage in, in two different chunks. First, we're going to see verses 1 through, through 10. The purpose of fellowship is to express love for one another through carrying one another's burdens. Each person has their own burdens, but sometimes they're just overwhelming. Therefore, our responsibility within the church is to care for one another. This happens when we look to help those within our congregation who are struggling financially, <coughs> excuse me, spiritually, relationally, or with addiction. These are certain things in this life that will seem to over overwhelm uh, or seem so overwhelming that we aren't sure how well or how we will get through them. Though God gives us one another for care, he provides us rest in Christ, but also through the body of Christ. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we should continually seek the good of one another without any expectation of that good coming back to us. This can sometimes happen as children of grace uh, through church discipline, where we seek to restore someone or one another rather than condemn them as the legalists do. When someone falls, we look to help them back up instead of pointing and saying, why do you do this? That's the difference between children of grace and children of legalists, meaning uh, those of us who are under grace and those of us who are legalists. This passage is often rightly cited as a way to justify paying a pastor, a missionary, a teacher, or any other ministry position. However, don't miss the general principle found here. The teacher shares his blessing found in teaching spiritual things that he has learned through God by way of his calling. The one who has benefited from the blessing seeks to bless others from their own source of blessing. Material wealth is one of those ways. The preacher blesses from his fountain of wealth given to him by God, as does the one who listens. Our motivation of sharing our blessings changes as children of grace. We seek to bless abundantly because God has blessed us abundantly. This is in stark contrast to the legalist who seeks to give as little as legally required. It's similar to going to a restaurant and you measure the tip out to the last penny rather than rounding up even though it will only cost you a few cents. The greater principle found here is that our desire should be one that seeks to bless everyone around us because of our love for them given to us through God. Whatever God has blessed us with, give that away. So as the example that the Apostle Paul gives here, the teacher has been blessed with this knowledge that God has given to that person, and they seek to bless others with that knowledge. Then there are others who've been blessed with material wealth. That isn't simply for so that they can sit there and, and gather all this wealth, but to give it away. Just as those of us who are in pastoral ministry, our focus should not be sitting in an office and studying all day, but to seek to share everything that we have learned from the Lord and share that with others. 
In the second part, in verses 11 through 18, we see that legalism and grace are two different gospels. Paul illustrates for us that the legalists took great pride in their outward appearance. They would focus on how they could impress others with their level of outward righteousness. They would focus on having the right clothes, being around the right people, and ensuring each person was was circumcised. These were Jewish Christians who fell under the spell of legalism rather than the spell of grace found in Christ. We see this in many modern churches where people treat their church like a country club. They pay their membership dues, they make sure they greet the right people, and look down on those who don't dress, act, or talk like them. We see that all of this legalism is for naught. That we should not boast of anything, not our good works, not our clothing, not our own religiosity. We boast of nothing except the cross of Christ. We boast that we were sinners saved by grace in Jesus. We boast in our own insufficiency, yet the sufficiency of Christ. Our focus is no longer on ourselves, but on Christ and our neighbor. That our God saves us and saves those who are woeful and abandoned, just as we were at one time woeful and abandoned. Next, we're going to take a look and continue our, our reading of John Calvin's A Little Book on the Christian Life. Calvin writes, Furthermore, so that we don't grow weary in doing good, which otherwise would be certain to happen immediately, we must understand the next point put forward by the Apostle, that love is patient, and is not irritable. The Lord instructs us to do good to all people throughout the entire world, many of whom are unworthy of such good if judged by their own merit. But Scripture comes to our rescue with the best of reasons for doing good to all people. It teaches us not to regard others according to their own merits, but to consider in them the image of God to whom or to which we owe both honor and love. But the image of God should be more diligently regarded in those who are of the household of faith, because it has been renewed and restored in them by the Spirit of Christ. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith, according to Galatians 6.10. Kind of fitting for today. Therefore, you have no cause to evade anyone who stands before you and needs your service. Suppose he's a stranger. The Lord, however, has stamped him with his own mark that's familiar to you, and for that reason God forbids you to despise your own flesh. Suppose he is contentable and worthless. The Lord, however, shows him to be one whom he has condescended to decorate with his own image. Suppose you owe him nothing for what he has done, but God to whom you know you are obligated because of his many wonderful benefits to you puts himself, as it were, in that person's place. Suppose he is unworthy for even your smallest labors for his sake, but the image of God, according to which this person is commended to you, warrants your giving of yourself and your all. Supposing a man not only deserves nothing good from you, but he also provoked you from injustices and injuries. Even this is not just cause for you to stop embracing him with affection and fulfilling your duties of love to him. He has deserved, you might say, something much different from me. But what has the Lord deserved? When he orders you to forgive that man for whatever sin he has committed against you, he calls you to do so not because that man deserves it, but because God himself has forgiven you. This is the only path to achieving that which is not difficult for, but entirely averse to our human nature. 
That is, loving those who hate us, repaying evil with good and blessing those who curse us. As Matthew 5, 44 writes, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We must be sure not to dwell on the wickedness of men, but rather to consider the image of God in them. That image, concealing and obliterating their shortcomings, entices us by its beauty and dignity to love and welcome them. Thank you, John Calvin. Let's close with prayer. Father, we seek your will to be done in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our families. We're so quick to wander from you in your ways, stumbling through life overwhelmed by the burdens of this world and busyness of work and family. We often crowd your still, small voice, filling our ears and minds with the numbing effects of television, movies, video games, friends, and family. We all too quickly find our identity in the good gifts you have given us, rather than in the one who has given them. Father, we seek you. Coming to you humbly seeking your forgiveness, we know that through your son's sacrifice we have been forgiven. But how easily do we forget that fact? Father, your spirit convict us. And your word remind us of your splendor. Your grandeur knows no limits. Your beauty is overwhelming. Lead us to your will and away from temptation. Lead us in the conforming of the image of your son in us, seeking his glory all along the way. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Just as a reminder, if, if you enjoyed the reading from John Calvin or from Valley of Vision, there's a PDF that is linked in our show notes for the Valley of Vision, and there's also a link for John Calvin's little book on the Christian life. If you are, uh, if you have any other questions, remind, just a reminder, you can email me at ebreynolds87 at gmail. Next week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, from some of the reading and I'm actually going to do a short podcast on how to select which books to read and where to start reading your Bible if you have not done so already. So uh, tune in next week and I look forward to uh, having you back. God bless. Have a good weekend.